Welcome to the Relationship Church Podcast. Often in the movies, the star will be in a no-win situation and you wonder, is this the end? Only to have some unforeseen occurrence turn everything around. In today's message, there will be glory after this. Pastor Ryan Neal reminds us that nothing, not even death, can stop the will of God. This message was recorded in the historic Forest Park in St. Louis, Missouri. We are going to go to the book of Acts chapter number nine. We're continuing in our Acts series. Uh, And I have a a message for you guys today that's not super long. It's actually pretty simple. Just one real point. Uh, And I didn't really have uh, an Acts chapter nine. You can go down to verse 36. I didn't really have a subject because I'm not always good with subjects. I used to have a friend of mine that I would tell them what I was planning to preaching and they would come up with a subject because I'm just not good at subjects. Um, but Brother Burnell gave me one when he was singing this morning. His first song was, there will be glory after this. There will be glory after this. I don't know what your after this is. Uh, and it really doesn't even matter what your after this is, whatever it is that you're going through now. But there will be glory after this. And that's what we're really going to unpack today. So we're going to the book of Acts, chapter number nine, verse 36. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. Now, that should already pique your interest because we got the word disciple and then we got a woman's name after it. And that's not commonplace. And indeed, this is the only time that we see in the scripture a woman referred to as a disciple. But there was this woman that was a disciple. And it says this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since uh, Lida, this is a city, not to be confused with Lida Cruson. And since Lida was near Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows, somebody say all the widows, stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was still with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand, lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. So it was that she stayed in the days, I'm sorry, that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon, a tanner. So I want to draw special attention to verse number 29. says, then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was still with them. It says, but Peter put them all out, knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. I want to talk to you today um, about there will be glory after this. If you're taking notes or even for your mental notes, I just want you to put down, don't presume to know the outcome of an event which is still in progress. Don't assume to know the outcome of an event which is still in progress. Don't leave at the intermission. Wait for what God's final word is 
It ain't over till it's over. And I want you all to just take a deep breath and then breathe it out. And that shows you right there that it's not over. No matter what you may be going through, no matter what you may be dealing with, the fact that you can inhale and exhale shows you that it is not over. We have a tendency in life to get frustrated and we quit before the situation is actually over. We've come to a, to a, uh, a place in our lives, many of us as adults, where we get to a point where we see a certain situation or we see a certain uh, stimulus. And because of what we see, then we determine that we know the end. And that can actually work in both ways. Sometimes we see something and it makes us think that something is going to turn out well and it could end up turning out bad. But in most cases, we don't need any help being a pessimist. We see something and sometimes it may not even be something that's completely bad. It may just be something that has a little indicia that it could be bad and we'll turn the whole thing around and turn it into a negative situation. But when you believe in God, when you open up yourself and give room for God to move, then you never really know what's going to happen because God specializes in surprises. God specializes in doing what we say is impossible. And indeed, he even told the disciples the very thing because he told them, with man, this is impossible. But with God, what? All things are possible. This is why it's so important for us to hear from the Spirit. And when we're talking, even in our Bible study, this week, when we go into week two in the Discerning the Voice of God Bible study, what we're talking about is the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit. Because many of us, when we're listening for the voice of God, we want God to come in some booming voice or some miracle. And we want to stand outside and say, okay, well, God, if you want this to happen, then just let this tree fall down right here that's standing up and has no indicia of falling down. But we just want some booming something to let us know that it's God. But in these days, the Lord said, I will speak to you primarily through my spirit through my spirit that's down on the inside of you. And that's an amazing thing because the very spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, the scripture says, dwells in you if you have his spirit on the inside of you. And so we have to make sure that we're opening up our hearts and opening up our minds and spending time with God so that we're regularly hearing from the spirit so, when we, so that we know not to bury something that's not dead. So that we know not to wash something up like they did here and put it in the upper room because they said all hope is lost. And this must be over because from the looks of it, it's done. But God said, I got something else that I'm going to do. And I thank the Lord because the scripture lets us see that there were some other people that Dorcas had surrounded herself with, Dorcas and Tabitha, we use those interchangeably, but there were some people that she had surrounded herself with. There were some other disciples that had faith enough to believe that maybe it's just not over. They got word that Peter was in a nearby city. And this area here that we're talking about is current day Tel Aviv, in the area of current day Tel Aviv. And they got word that Peter was somewhere close by and he was ministering in a city that was close by. And so the Bible says that some of the disciples went and got Peter to come back because they said that there is this wonderful, devout woman, this woman who cares about charity, this woman who cares about love, this woman who cares about other people, this woman had to sacrifice her life to, to do things for other people to, um, in order to make other people uh, that have less than what she has to make sure that they have what they need. And they said, this is the woman that's sick. This is the woman that needs help. This is the woman that has now died. And so they go and find her. Now the Bible tell us, tells us that Dorcas or Tabitha was a blessed woman. 
the only woman ever referred to in scripture. And the word that they use here is actually a feminine form of the word disciple, which is normally male. And it's matria. And that's the only time we ever see that, that, that word in the scripture because it's a feminine form of the word disciple. We, we sometimes forget that certain things in the Bible, you know, in those days, they despised women. But one thing I love about God, one thing I love about Jesus and his ministry, he never despised women. And in fact, he showed himself after he was risen to the women first before he revealed himself to the disciples. And so sometimes we get this concept that, you know, the men are the only ones that can do anything and women ought not do this and women ought not do that. But the scripture makes it very clear with things like this. Dorcas was a disciple. She was a disciple just like many of the other disciples that were following Christ. Now, she wasn't an apostle. We understand that. But she was a disciple, which means to be a student of the word of God. She was somebody that was teaching, whether it was teaching out loud or whether it was teaching through her lifestyle. She was a student of the word of God. Now, watch this. So many of the scriptures that we use sometimes in church to say that a woman shouldn't do this and women shouldn't do that. One of them is where the scripture tells us that the man is the head of the woman. When you look at that scripture, and we don't have time to go into all of this today, but when you look at that scripture that the man is the head of the woman, it's the same word that you use for the head of a river, which means source. It means that the woman, the source of the woman is the man, which makes sense, right? Because he put Adam to sleep and he took out Adam's rib and made Eve. So that is why man is the head of the woman. Man was the source of the woman. So we see here this beautifully blessed woman, this beautifully blessed Dorcas. She was someone who was extremely blessed. The Bible doesn't tell us that she was rich, but the Bible tells us that she was a blessed woman. She was blessed enough to be a blessing. She was very blessed and by, she was very blessed by God. And thus she understood that with that great blessing came a great responsibility. And so what did she do? She gave her time to charity. She gave her time to, to helping people, to loving people. And that's really what we ought to be doing as people of God. A lot of times we'll use as an excuse, well, you know, I'm not rich. Well, I don't have a whole lot. But you should know and understand that even the poorest of us, especially here, but even when you go to some of the poor areas and see people that have less than even what we have here in the United States are still amongst some of the richest people in the world. And so we all ought to have the attitude of Dorcas. We all ought to have the attitude that we are going to give of ourselves, that we are going to love others. And the Bible says that she gave and she loved the widows. Now, I don't know if you guys realize this, but sometimes in the Bible, when they had funerals, they would hire people to come and mourn. I know that sounds crazy, right? But they would hire people to just come and cry. Can you imagine that? Not enough people going to be at the funeral. Well, you know, a lot of people didn't know them. So, you know, just get a whole bunch of people because it was looked at as being something that was comforting. You know, grieve with those who grieve, mourn with those who mourn. And so they would hire people to mourn. But see, when Dorcas died, it left a void. And they didn't have to hire anybody to mourn for her. It's like when you have a funeral today and it's like, you know, somebody have to get up there and try to put a good spin on all the bad things that the person did and try to talk about how good they were. And everybody knows like, eh, you know, they were kind of sketchy, actually. But we got to try to, you know, we got to speak well of the dead. Right. But but here we see that Dorcas was not somebody that needed hired mourners. And how do we know that these mourners weren't hired? We know they weren't hired because they were widows. And the Bible says that they showed up and put on a fashion show. They wore all of the clothes that Dorcas had made for them in the past. They came with all of the garments on, all of the things that she had blessed them with. And so everybody knew that there was a void because Dorcas was no longer there. 
Because see, you have to understand that the widows were on the margins of society. And some places like for instance, Guatemala, that is still the case today. When a man dies, then that woman ends up losing her place in society. She ends up in a position a lot of times where she doesn't have much money. And thankfully that's not the case most of the time in the US, but, but it can still end up being a problem sometimes depending on how the family structure is set up for the man many times to pass away. And so these widows represented poverty. These widows represented the margins of society. These widows represented people that didn't have anybody to care for them, didn't have anybody there to see about them. And who was there? Dorcas was there. Dorcas was there making clothes. Dorcas was there giving them everything that, that, that she could, giving of herself, even more so than many people would that were still devout. And she was there doing everything she could to make sure that these people were taken care of. So now see, when we see the widows weeping, we see a double negative. Not only do you have the widows on the margins of society, but they're weeping. They're sad, they're crying, it's even worse than normal because there's a void that was left by the life that Dorcas lived. And so we see here, she did more than her part. She helped the widows, she blessed the widows so much so that when they found out she was dead, they put on their best Dorcas garments. This was before Dochi and Gabbana. This was before Eve St. Laurent. They put on their Dorcas Tabitha and they showed up at the funeral and they begin to just wail and cry. And I can imagine them thinking, what are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do now? She was the one we came to when we didn't have nothing else. She was the one that was our advocate. She was the one that fought for us. She was the one that took care of things for us. When we didn't have anything to wear, she clothed us. When we didn't have anything to eat, she gave us food. What are we gonna do now that she's gone? And so they begin to cry. Because see, the thing about Dorcas is that Dorcas was engaged in the highest level of ministry. She was engaged in service. Dorcas wasn't running a business. We don't even see that she was running a nonprofit organization. She gave, she served, she gave all of the Bible says she was full of good works. That, that word lets us know that everything she did, every time she got a chance, she was doing something for the less fortunate. So now when she died, here we have Dorcas dead. Here we have people with a lack. And I want you to find yourself this afternoon in both of those places. So first, let me talk to you, Dorcas. Dorcas still had more to do. But sometimes the circumstances and the situations of life will crush you and make you feel like your time has come to an end. I don't know who I might be talking to today that, that, that feels like certain things in life have, have brought you to a place where you feel like maybe your best days are really behind you. And that, that the things that God promised you, the things that you once had in your heart as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, that, that maybe those things are not gonna come to pass. Why? Because the circumstances don't seem to match up with the promise that you had in your heart. The circumstances of life, the things that you've been through don't seem to match up with God prospering you. The circumstances, the things that you've been through, the relationships that you've been in don't seem to match up with this God that said that I'm going to prosper you and that you'll be in good health and that your latter days will be better than your former days. It doesn't seem to match up. But let me tell you today, Dorcas, that I serve a God that when things seem dead, he is life. 
I didn't say he brings life. I said he is life. So anytime you have something dead, if God shows up, it has no choice but to live. When you invite God into your situation, when you invite God into your, your misery, when you invite God into your disappointment, when you invite God into your broken circumstances, your broken relationship, all of the things, all of your hurt, all of your disappointment, he looks at it and he says, Tabitha, get up. Olu, get up. Gianna, get up. Lena, get up. He speaks to that situation. And because he is life, then that thing has to live. No matter how dead it looks, Lazarus has to rise when Jesus showed up on the scene. Dorcas had to get up when the power of God came through Peter. And so let me tell you right now, it does not matter what it looks like. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much you've been through. This woman was dead. So I'm going to tell you right now, you already ahead of her because you're all still alive. So if you're still alive, then that means that God still has something that he intends for you to do. Wake up, get up, shake yourself. Stop letting the enemy put all of this negativity on you. Some of y'all need to get up in the morning and start speaking affirmations to yourself. My best days are ahead of me. God would never, God would never turn his back on me. God wouldn't let me be alive if there wasn't something else that I was meant to do. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God said that my latter days will be better than my former days. And I believe him. I take him at his word. Because see, sometimes the only difference between your misery and, and your manifestation is your mindset. That's the only difference. You can stay in ministry, in misery or you can go into your ministry. You can stay in misery or you can go into the manifestation that God has for you. But the Bible tells us that we have to have our mindset on things above. We've got to have our mindset on the things above and not the things that are below. Now, let me take a minute and talk to you weeping widows. Now, as powerful as you are, and as much as God has planned for you, and as much purpose as there is still down on the inside of you, you still come to a situation sometime where you feel like you ain't going to be able to make it. You still come to situations sometimes where it seems like I've done everything that I can, but in doing all that I can do, I still feel like I am left with a lack. Here I am weeping. Here I am already feeling like I, I'm not much. I didn't come from some great family. I didn't come from, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 some patriarch hierarchy. I didn't come from uh, something that would just let me write my own ticket in this world. And then in the middle of all of that, now here I am, the little bit I had, it seems like it's snatched from me. But I want you to know and I want you to understand that no matter what the situation looks like, God said, I've got a miracle to meet your biggest mess. I've got a miracle. I've got, I will turn things around in such a way that, that it will literally blow your mind. You will be trying to understand how in the world, what in the world, I just don't get it. How did God do that? And God said, there's certain things that only I can do. Now you do what I put inside of you, but just know that when you get to a wall, when you get back up in a corner, God said, that doesn't mean it's over. That just means that I've got a miracle plan. And so many times we will settle for the blessing. See, they didn't want her to die and they would have settled for her just being healed. But God had planned a, a not just a healing, but he had planned a resurrection. And sometimes we quit because we don't get the healing. We believe God for the smaller thing 
And when he doesn't come through with the smaller thing, then we just want to give up. Well, you know, this is just what always happened to me. I just got a rough life and it just seemed like God don't never do that for me. He don't never work like that for me. And some people be blessed, but you know, no, no, no. God said, I want to meet you, but I've got to meet you at a level of expectation that is higher than where you currently are. I know I've learned in my life many times over that what I expect many times I get, if I'm expecting defeat, if I'm expecting to not be blessed, then I begin to have those things come to me. And I'm not talking about no, you know, I'm not trying to uh, have y'all on there. What is that? The, the secret, you know, it's just thinking and it's going to manifest. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that God will respond to the level of faith that you have in him. God will, will reply to the level of expectation that you have. There's no power in you other than the power of God that he put in you. But God will respond and God will bless you based on what it is that you believe him to do. So now I'll talk to Peter because all of us end up in the situation of Peter as well. And Peter was in a situation where he was called on of God to do something amazing. But the first thing he had to do before he could do it, and you see this time and time again through scripture, even in the Old Testament, is he had to put out all the naysayers, all the people that's just there crying. <laughs> She made this beautiful dress I got on. I don't know, I'm gonna get no more clothes. And Peter was like, okay, y'all gotta go. Y'all gotta go. He put him out and he closed the door. And the Bible says that he began to pray. He began to call down heaven. He began to call on the name of Jesus. And then the Bible says that in that power that he responded and he told her, wake up. And the Bible says, and when she saw who it was, when she saw the man, Peter, standing in front of her, the Bible says that she sat up and he presented her to everybody alive. There are some times in your life where there are some things that you're going to be praying about that you cannot even tell other people about. Because many times people, when you begin to open up and share what God has given you, then people all around you gonna tell you why it won't work, how they seen it before, how it don't look good. Now let's be clear, y'all know I don't really preach too much on haters. I, I, don't, I don't really like to talk a lot about haters as we call them, because the thing about it is that we get so caught up on haters, but, but, but Jesus loved his haters. He didn't sit there just talking about his haters. And, and, and I say that for a reason, because the thing about it is he put out all these naysayers, all these people that were crying, all these people that said, oh, she dead and what we gonna do? He put them all out. But then here's the thing, those same people that were crying, those same people, because see, sometimes you'll find yourself in that group. You always want to be the Peter, but sometimes you're the hater. But sometimes, sometimes you have to put that negativity out. But here's what I love about it. When Peter got done, he presented Tabitha back to those weeping widows. He presented her back to those people that needed her. And what you have to realize in your life is that when you're in the situation of Peter, God is blessing you to bless somebody on out the outside of the door. He's not just blessing you, it's not just about you. He's blessing you to be a blessing to others. You can call them your haters if you want to, but it's gonna be a little harder for you to allow the gift that God has given you to bless them and affect them if you've turned your nose up at them. Now, I ain't say, I ain't say don't put them out. Sometimes you gotta, you know, there's some good people sometimes in your life that you gotta block out for a season, depending on what God is doing. But, but all of this is to show you whether you, and we've all found ourselves in all of these positions, right? We've been Tabitha where it just seems like it's over. Seems like we've given all that we can give and we just can't do no more. I come to tell you today, Tabitha, it's not over. 
You've been in the position of the weeping widow where you feel like, man, my connect, my hookup, that thing that God was using to bless me, that job dried up. That person isn't helping me no more. That person is gone. That, that resource that I had, God is not using that anymore. What am I going to do now? They didn't cut me off. They didn't cut off my checks. God said, it's not over. And if you're Peter, just know, God plans to use you to do great things. God plans to use you to do great things. But in order to have the faith to know that God said it's not over, you got to put out the negativity. You got to put out the negative things in your life. I hope this is connecting with you all this afternoon. The point of it all is don't judge a situation because it looks like something when it's really not over. And with God, it's not over. It's not finished. When you invite God into something that even looks to be dead, God said, I'll resurrect that thing. I'll turn that thing around in your favor. I'll bless you in such a way that it will literally blow your mind. I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much money you got in your purse or as the old folks used to say, your pocketbook. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. God said, I've still got some things in store for you. I still got some things, Peter, that I want you to believe me for. I still got some works, Tabitha, that I want you to go and do. I still got some blessings for you, widow, that when it seems like nobody's there to help you, I'm going to still bring you through. It's not over. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time that we've had today. God, we thank you for the encouraging word from you, Lord Jesus, to know that you're still working. God, when you're not silent, when you're silent, God, it doesn't mean that you're finished. God, when we don't hear you, when we don't see you, Lord Jesus, it doesn't mean that you're not still working. God, give us the faith to believe that if it's not what you said yet, if it doesn't look like that vision that you put in our heart yet, if, if, if it's not what the spirit revealed to us yet, then it's not over. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bleak it looks. It doesn't matter how bad the circumstances may appear. God, we trust you because we know that a word from you is better than any circumstance that we can see with our natural eye. God, these worlds that were made, these trees, this grass, all of these things around us were made from things that didn't appear. God, the sun appeared. We see the sun. But the reason the sun is here is because you said, let there be light. So God, we know that a word from you will always create. A word from you can always change circumstances. And so God, we ask you right now and today, we ask you, Father, Speak a word to our situation. Speak a word, Lord Jesus, to the things in our life that seem to be dead. God, wake us up in such a way, Lord Jesus. Bring us out of depression. Bring us out of anxiety. Bring us out of the, the depths that sometimes we find ourselves in and help us to remember that, God, a word from you. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, just, just a touch, just one touch was able to heal her from something that she had dealt with for years and years and years. So God, we thank you. We thank you for your word today. God, we believe you today, Lord Jesus. And God, as we go throughout this week, as we go throughout this month, God, we ask you to bring our minds back to the word 
that you gave today, as you begin to wake up situations, Lord, that we had given up on and thought were dead, help us to remember that it's you. It wasn't our good deeds, it wasn't our good looks, it, it, it wasn't our smarts or anything that brought it about, but it was you. And we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We hope this has been a blessing. Join us live on Sundays via Zoom. Service starts at 12.45 p.m. The login number is 314-720-8880. Feel free to call that number for prayer or text the word connect there to grow with us. Again, that number is 314-720-8880. Eight 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 zero. Until next time, take care.